Xavier stood with his hands jammed in the front pockets of his jeans. Taking it all in as he chewed slowly on the inside of his mouth. Maxine pressed the ignition button again, and the car became instantly silent, like it had never been running. Just then, Fimnacool padded over, so I got out of the car to say hello and scratch his head. I could tell Xavier wanted to say something, but was fighting it. I talked to Finn for a bit as he leaned against me. Thing is, when an Irish wolfhound leans against you, you have to get your feet set and sort of lean back. They're big creatures, especially when they stand up on their hind legs. Some get as tall as seven feet. I don't know how tall Finn is, but he's a few inches taller than me when he does that. It's pretty awesome. Eventually, he took off again in the direction of a squirrel, and I walked back over to the car and found Xavier in the driver's seat, Max in my seat. Things thing looks like a Monte Carlo stock car, but it's bigger inside, he said. You're exactly right, Max said. My dad built it to look just like one he liked as a kid. He said it was supposed to look like the 1988 model, only he expanded it to include a back seat and suicide doors. She got out, popped open the rear door, its hinge on the back, so it opened the opposite way car doors normally do. I looked in the back, saw it was pretty roomy for a stock car body. Not as big as a 72 Oldsmobile, but not bad. Two leather seats and some footroom. Xavier looked in the back for a few seconds, but he was more interested with what was up front. Not bad at all, I said, leaning in towards Xavier. looked up at me, eyebrows raised. I looked back, but said nothing since it was obvious he didn't want to talk. So I talked instead. The engine sounds a little different. What's it run on? Maxine smiled and shrugged, so I smiled and shrugged back. She smiled and shrugged again. It's not a tough question, I said. Gasoline, diesel, electric, biofuel? Not sure, but Dad said we, we never had to stop for gas. What? I laughed in disbelief. Big engine like that runs on its own? That's what Dad told me, Max said matter-of-factly. I really don't know much else. I've only driven it two other times and only on our property. I'm 14, so you drive really good, I said like a half-wit. Just then, Xavier pushed open the door and got out, still saying nothing. If anything, his eyebrows were raised higher and his eyes were somehow piercing mine, as if to tell me to watch out for whatever comes next. He wasted no time running up the steps and grabbing his backpack from off the porch. We better get going. I'm guessing people will be coming here any time now. Don't you think, Maxine, Xavier said? She looked over at him, and I was surprised at how she looked back at him. I saw no, no lack of understanding in her eyes, no questioning look or fear. Whatever was going on, those two seemed to be on an, in on it because I most certainly was not understanding why people would be coming soon. Did I think it was weird that she had this little car of the future that never ran out of fuel? Absolutely. And did I think it was strange that she had stayed here on the farm all alone, knowing she could have driven said car anywhere? Most definitely. But since the world as I knew it had disappeared just a few days ago, since there were mobs of the change roaming the countryside, I held my tongue. Besides, Xavier knew something he wasn't telling her. So, I figured he would tell me when he had a chance. Would Max tell me? I don't know. The girl just shocked the heck out of me and might be a, sa a sadist for all I knew. Right now, though, it didn't matter since Ma was still missing and someone was coming for us. I grabbed my backpack from off the porch, shouldered it, and then realized I didn't have the shotgun song on my shoulder. I headed back down to the garage with a feeling of dread. Tyler was still lurking around somewhere, sulking, full of revenge, and I suspected I'd found him in the garage. He was just the sort of weird kid who would find the gun and wait for me until I came for it. Then who knew what would happen? Where are you going, Odysseus? Xavier called. I turned back to see him standing by the car, a case of water bottles in his hand. Pointing toward the garage, I called back, I forgot something. Not waiting for a response, since I figured he would want me to wait so he could come with me. Funny thing is, I really wanted him to come, but I couldn't ask him. Somehow thought I needed to go in alone. With each step, I was hoping Finn McCool would find me. My feet scraped loudly on the concrete as I stepped into the garage and strode over to the spot where I had left it under the car cover, 
When I came around the rear bumper of some long covered car, tell the cover I'd been moved. Somehow knew Tyler had the gun again. Sent me into a rage. I won't lie to you. Tyler, you son of a bitch, show yourself. Standing there, my heart pounding inside my chest so loud I felt I could hear it, nothing else. I willed myself to stand still. I knew he could have snuck up on me from the front or back of any of the dozen cars in the garage. Even easier than that, he took a shot at me. That thought, I held my ground a few moments more before I headed for the door again. Ten feet from the door, I was wishing I had already made it outside when I heard a thump behind me. Spinning in fright, I saw him standing there, holding the shotgun at the ready, but not pointing at me. Where do you think you're going, you little turd? Tyler asked in a monotone voice. You don't seem to want to get along with us, I answered. You guys don't trust me, he said. Tyler, look at what you've done in the last 24 hours. You took my gun, choked a girl, and now you've taken my gun again. I won't even get into your creepy sleepwalking last night. You're all against me, he said. Can you blame us, I asked incredulously. He sort of swayed there for a moment without speaking. So I took that as my sign to get the heck out of there. Ducking down, I spun around and headed for the door, making it outside a second later before breaking in a sprint toward the house. Standing about 50 years away along the cornfield, Finn spotted me and shot ahead in a race to the house. He was going to do it easily with his easy gallop, but suddenly swerved and headed back to the garage. I knew if I looked back, I'd see he was going straight for Tyler, but I told myself to keep running. Shotgun blast sent me diving to the ground for cover, I banged my right knee on a rock and skinned my palms on the gravel. Finn was barking angri angrily now, and as I turned back, I saw him standing over Tyler. But as I stood up, I saw Finn had his front legs on Tyler's chest, which couldn't have been easy for him since Tyler's arms and legs were flailing everywhere. Strangely, he wasn't yelling. As I made my way back down to the garage, I heard only soft moaning. Xavier and Maxine beat me there, both out of breath. I saw my shotgun in the dust, only an arm's length away from Tyler's prone form. So I bent down, picked it up, and shouldered it while Xavier let Tyler have it. Now you're shooting at us, you murderer? I should have never stopped to pick you up. Xavier kicked Tyler in the shin. Tyler only moaned. You're so weak, man, Xavier continued. I have to fight it. Why can't you? Answer him, I bellowed. Let's leave him, Max said. I don't care where he goes, but we need to go now. Without him. She turned and headed back toward the car. I blew out my cheeks, feeling exhausted after two adrenaline rushes that morning. On the ground, Tyler looked sweaty and pale and miserable. Xavier looked angry, his nostrils still flaring as he paced around Tyler's prostrate body. Only Finn looked content, saw him hanging out with his long furry forelegs still on Tyler's chest. I turned and struck out toward the house again, whistling for Finn. In seconds, he was by my side. Good boy, I said rubbing his ears. You saved me again. I filled up Finn's water bowl from the pump, and he drank heartily from it. Then Xavier, Max, and I took the remaining stacks of stage food and hustled it down the front porch steps and into the back of the car. Two minutes later, we were in the car heading down the driveway at speed, a trail of dust in our wake. Somewhere behind us, Tyler was all alone. I never thought I'd see him again.